fine young man once And one day he said to me If you can live with yourself, baby, you can surely live with me Well, we didn't last too long, you know, and the fact was plain to see I could live with myself, baby, but he couldn't live with me His whole world was upside down Filth and hate was all he could see And I didn't want him bringing me down Cause you see, I'm not that crazy Some women don't mind being dragged around By a man they say they love But what kind of man do you think you can have When everything is push and shove? Well, we didn't last too long, you know And the fact was plain to see I could live by myself, baby But you couldn't live with me Well, I sure learned a lot from this whole thing Love is more than looks and wealth If you can't live in a world that's free There's never gonna be any health Well, we didn't last too long, you know And the fact was plain to see I couldn't live with myself, baby But he couldn't live with me Said he couldn't live with me He couldn't live with me Said he couldn't live with me 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 We just couldn't make it together Such a shame Such a doggone shame He was so fine So very fine Come on, Dad We can make it We can make our own world Leave your world Come on Come on Let's make another world You and me a very special edition of African Rhythms tonight here in December in 2013. This is 20 years of African Rhythms, incredibly. That was uh, Dale Denard, some uh, very obscure soul singer, kind of stuff that Mike and I would play back in the day. Of course, we've got Mark here in the studio, but on the line here, calling in from the U.S. of A. is Mr. Mike Ingram. Hello, Mike. Hey, David, what's going on? How you doing, Mark? <laughs> and Mike's so nice to hear your voice. Thank you. Thank you for being a fan. Sure, <laughs> please. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, well, uh, to fill the listeners in, well, I know some of you out there will know that uh, Mike and I have done quite a few shows uh, together back in 97, uh, 98, because, oh my God, Mike, there's at least 20, 25 of them been remastered, remixed, and all the music re-recorded. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it's some pretty fantastic archiving going on there. I don't know, Mike, it's been, uh, what, we've been 14 years before since we were last on the radio together. 14 years since on the radio together, but uh, that's happened, and then since I come back to the States, about seven years ago, uh, we got into internet radio, and I worked with a couple of colleagues to do a show working as editor uh, for the Black Athlete Sports Network. We decided to call the show The Bachelor Pad, because the main host, his name was L.A. Bachelor, yeah. and we covered politics, music, we did a little bit of everything. And, I've heard you know, some of your shows. Kind of like after the fact, but we just kept at it. After yeah. about five years, I started to do my own show, 
and that's where you get sultry as it is right now. Mm. And it was really nice to see you listening in when I came on the air one time. Yeah, no, I called into Mike's show, surprised him, kept calling for half an hour that I got through, and boom, uh, that was our first time talking to each other. You know what? More than 10 years, brother. Um, it's uh, yeah. more like 15 years since we were last on the air together. But, you know, it's nice to know that, say, DJs on CITR here, uh, for the, uh, over the 20 years of the show, Nardwar has always been very supportive. And he's listened in to some of our shows together. And, you know, he found um, your knowledge and insights and the way we work together. It looks like... <laughs> It looks like we have actually lost Mike, so hopefully he can call uh, back in. Listen, let's go now to Linda Jones' daughter. Linda Jones, of course, for uh, longtime listeners, will know that she is a phenomenal soul singer from the 60s and early 70s before she passed. But I did one time get her daughter to phone in to the show to fill us in on some insights about Linda Jones. So... We've got this fantastic uh, interview I did uh, with Linda, Linda Jones, and this was from about six years ago now, right here on African Rhythms. And of course, you're listening to CITR 101.9 FM, CITR.ca. Tune in our podcast, and of course, 604-822-CITR. Um, fr- fr- from that, yeah, I mean, I guess, um, I mean, really, she... For such a short career, she had a lot of incredible stuff, and I think mm-hmm. you know the more that we expose uh, you know our listeners to her material, uh, people are going to realize you know yeah, the, the, the yeah. depth, the length and depth of, of her talents. And I mean, one yeah. one guy that you have to say when when talking about her talents is George Kerr. It seems. Yes, who yeah. who actually I'm glad that you bring him up because you know I hate to tell everyone, but I, I have to put the news out there is you know as far as I'm concerned, George Kerr is a is a real crook. Because he pretty much have uh, I haven't received one dime of royalties from my mom's works because hmm. he took it all. So yeah. you know that's a whole nother story, and I really want this to be a positive interview, not a negative <laughs> interview. So well, I mean, I've uh, interviewed artists before, like people such as Rochelle Farrell. So mm-hmm. I'm familiar with these kind of stories of people being ripped off, and they're not even just from back in the day. You know, yeah. it's still happening today to some degree. You know, yeah, it's, um, it's, I mean, it's really sad. Yeah, and sad. so you know. I'm not. I, I have. I have no qualms with talking about that. I mean, like you said, we'll try to keep it largely yeah, yeah, positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the thing is, is um, this is community radio, and we can talk about these kind of things. Okay. You know? And, and yeah. the fact that she really, really loved, you know, to sing—that was her thing—and yeah. and she trusted a lot of people. And from what I understand, of course, he was one that she really, really trusted, and he took to- uh, yeah. you know, total advantage of their, her, especially the fact that she was diabetic, she was sick, and she was consistently given her heart and soul and everything that she did because she loved it so much. You know, he didn't have her best interest at heart, so unfortunately, that's the downside of it. He ended up being kind of an unscrupulous character, yeah, I guess. Yeah, um, manager, <laughs> and whatever else, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. It's, just, it's just sad, but... Yeah, well, that's you know, the downside of the musical business, is yeah. that um, when you have talent as great as Linda, people want to exploit them. You know? yeah, and if, if you're vulnerable, you're not particularly wise to the yeah, ways. Yeah, you, know, you know, know, you just want to do your best, and you love it, and you want to continue to do it. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very sad, but... I I believe, you know, through what you're doing now with your sister, that some justice will result, you know, because I think the truth always finds its way around the pebbles and just like water, you know. I right. mean, it's, uh, there's, 
that's the way it is. You know, justice yes. comes sooner or later. <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm very yes, sad, yes, yes. you know, for Linda's life and uh, for many others. But yeah. at least, you know, we're able to talk about that now in the yeah. radio and let people know that those kind of things are not cool. No, and, and also there's just there's a number of things that's out there that, but, you know, even the rumors that she collapsed backstage at the Apollo and passed away backstage, which is totally false. Yeah. You know, she did not pass backstage. I mean, uh, coll- uh, pass away backstage at the Apollo. She passed at home. So yeah, so it was just set for drama. Her birthday is wrong in all of the literature. You know, they had January 14th. She was born December 14th. Yeah. So there's a lot. Wow. You know, and I'm I'm actually happy to really set the record straight and really put the truth out there. Yeah. Well, you know, the little bits of biography things I've read. Really, I didn't even want to bring um, them up to you, Terry, because I wanted you to tell me because I I suspected so because you know sometimes drama is put between certain kind of things also mm-hmm. uh, it, it, all, almost unfairly in a gossip kind of a way yeah. and and that's not really that doesn't hold true to the spirit of the music you know that's and right. the spirit that's of the right. music is where we're at you know I mean we just want uh, to share what an, what a phenomenal singer mm-hmm. your mother was you know philerzy.com is the yeah. website and um, people can go on and kind of click on the downloads yeah. and click on Linda Jones hey what can you do like I said I, I try to move forward and keep it positive and honor her so yeah no, that's absolutely. my mission <laughs> yeah so how did she come fr- to go from uh, Loma to uh, Turbo I guess I mean those were the sort of the two major labels that she was on yeah, from Loma to Turbo. Actually, I had a conversation with the gentleman who actually signed the project at Loma, an A&R, and he's an older man now. I, I kind of, in, in my in my research, it, Jer- Jerry Spivak, I think it's his name, and um, hmm. I happened to find him, believe it or not, on MySpace. I called him and asked him what he remembered about signing Mom yeah. to uh, Loma, and he said uh, George Kerr came up to the label with this record um, Mm. and the record was hypnotized
hypnotized Just one touch of your fingertips One kiss from your sweet, sweet Phenomenal track. Yep, and it kind of disappeared. Um, he he didn't even, you know, he kind of George Kerr kind of disappeared, and it was passed over to the the legal team after he said, you know what, this is a hit because the first A uh, and R guy did not hear it. Mm. He said, oh no, this is a hit, and he finally found George, who was in Florida. George came back up to New York and he said, hey, we've been playing the record. We released it. It's big. Yeah. And that was the beginning of the entire uh, project with the Hypnotized. And it's it's really incredible. I spoke to Jerry about five months, no, not five months ago, about three months ago, because I'm, in me doing all the research, finding out the story, he said that, um, that he didn't realize that my mom had passed. Wow. And he spoke and had spoken to George in the for 1980 or something, no, 1995, and uh, George never mentioned it. So that shows That's, you when you talk about wow. people that really are just not uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> honest. And I told him, I said, you know she's passed. He said, no. He said, I spoke to George, and he acted like nothing was, uh, everything was okay and the same. And Yeah, you know, it's kind of sad, but... I, I'm not that surprised because in the past when I got into Linda's music, I never really found that much really written about her life and uh -huh. talking about it, except for actually a small Canadian uh, soul magazine, Soul Survivor, which uh -huh. is run by Martin Koppel and those guys. They had a small article about her in that. Soul Survivor? Really? Yeah, I think, but uh, yeah, he, I believe he wrote an article on her. Really? Um, and was this a recent article? No, no, this was actually, this would have been back um, in the late 80s. Because, late you know, 80s, okay. Yeah, you know, when oh. I first got into my, my knowledge deepened, you know, in the 80s, um, soul music. So, you know, this is when I uh, found out about the underground soul music. See, I'm originally from England, Terry, so my connections with England was still fairly strong. So I found out about old underground soul magazines over there, and that's sort of how I deepened my soul knowledge and found right. out about people like Linda. And from the Soul Survivor magazine that was out of Toronto, but Martin Koppel was partnered up with Tim Brown, who was a big soul dealer from England. So okay. the, Tim Brown would have been the kind of guy that would have been selling or finding copies of Linda's rare Northern Soul records, you know, right. because she's got a few. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a big Northern Soul scene, especially in the UK.
incredible. Linda Jones, uh, certainly somebody we celebrated a lot over the years, uh, back with Mike in 97 and 98. And yes, and it was nice to hear his voice. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I guess, for, like we said, 15 years. But yeah, there was uh, Terry Jones, Linda Jones' daughter. She left us all too soon. A wonderful voice. Yeah, a very powerful voice. Uh, Aretha actually was quite fond of Linda Jones, actually, I, herself. I, I could see why. Yeah, no, no, for sure. No, Aretha was in awe of uh, Linda Jones. I don't think Aretha is in awe of too many uh, f- other female artists. Yeah, exactly. That's definitely a very high compliment, shall we say. Totally. But, you know, the, the next artist that we're going to spotlight a little bit is Bobby Taylor, because I was very lucky to get one interview. And I mean, I know you, you're quite familiar with the Motown label. Yeah, Bobby Taylor, I borrowed the DAP machine and I went down to his gig. It was that uh, place uh, right in Gastown on the main street there, Water Street. Oh, yes. Yeah. Remember that place? I sure do. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Rossini's, I think. Yeah, but they're gone now anyway. I came down and then um, I got to Bobby Taylor's like, hold out the mic so you can get him live. So I got him doing a little bit of what's going on that we'll hear in a minute. And then uh, backstage, I brought the mic and uh, my friend Chelsea and we went backstage and he uh, just, I had great questions and he gave great answers. Um, There's a couple of insights into Rick James who we discovered. Rick James brought in his first song and said he said he gave the kid a break as he says. (laughs) So and then yeah his association with Marvin Gaye is pretty profound especially when you consider he lip sync for him which is a pretty heavy duty thing. So why don't we hear a little bit about that Mark? I mean I know a little bit later on we're going to do a little Marvelette spotlight and play some other Motown and things like that but uh, next uh, this is uh, Bobby Taylor This is from about eight, nine years ago now, but Bobby Taylor at live at Rossini's here on CITR African Rhythms, Mark and David. I can't believe you're 72. It's born February 18th, 1934. I guess that's because when you were signed to Motown, you were already 31 years old. Absolutely. You'd already had a little bit of a career, but it was mainly local, I would say. No. No? My career started actually when I was three. The first song that I ever sang public uh, was taught to me by the lady, Billie Holiday. Yeah. And it was Lullaby. lullaby. Um, and that was in Vancouver? No, no. That was in Washington, D.C. Yeah. See, I, so people think, it's a lot of people think I was born in Vancouver. I wasn't. Yeah. <clears throat> I was born in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Right? My next door neighbor, who, who was born, I was born in a house, and he was born in a house, mm-hmm. was Marvin Gaye. Next wow. door. Neither one of us, we were babies. We didn't know what we were ever going to do. Marvin was a piano player. He couldn't do the things that I did. He was piano player in his father's you church. You knew Marvin from way back. I knew Marvin from, from day one. From day one. Day one. He would be right now 71. Yeah. No, no, he'd be 72 now because my birthday, when I turned 72, he was still 71. He turned 71 in, uh, he would have turned 72 in um, uh, the 2nd of April. 
Yeah, so he really went a different fork in the road than you. Drugs and problems. No, I did the same kind of drugs he did. Yeah. The drugs took him. Yeah. And took a hold of him. I did him for pleasure. Yeah. Because uh, I was young and dumb and, you know, and we were all stupid then. We all did some type of drugs and we did yeah. all that same stuff. Yeah. But uh, I didn't get hooked up in, into drugs. Uh, yeah, he got heavy into it. Yeah, he, he got down. I, the only drug that, 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 that to me is useful that people do nowadays is marijuana. Well, I mean, getting back to Marvin, um, I mean, I think that some people, um, you know, very emotional people and um, doing something like cocaine or whatever just affected him too much, you know, he became obsessed or whatever. No, really. let me tell you about Marvin. I knew him so well. Yeah. Here's what was wrong with Marvin. Marvin had a phobia. Yeah. About his parents. That's what killed Marvin. Yeah. Right? It was Marvin didn't think his father liked him. Yeah. I've gotta tell the world about it. I wanna stand right up and shout it. Well, lucky me, babe. Not yet. Insecurity. Uh, insecurity wasn't even the word. Yeah. Then you had a mother who was domineering. Yeah. If my friends get together and leave me out of everything, everything they do. Who didn't want the father anymore after 50, 54 years of marriage. Now, how, what does a, a man or a woman do after 54 years of marriage who's thinking about getting a divorce? I don't think they can go out and party no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, she was the catalyst yeah. of Marvin being dead. Because I'm no good without you, but I know as long as I've got you. was her. But then you look at it like this. Marvin died. She died. Yeah. Marvin's brother died. Marvin's sister died. Frankie. Frankie died yeah. from drinking. His sister died. He was a talent himself. Yes, he was. But Sweetsie died. Yeah. Right? From drugs. Yeah. Right? And guess who died last? Who? The man who killed Marvin. Yeah. His father. Yeah. And people didn't know that that man had a brain tumor yeah. at the time. Yeah. But Marvin Gaye was beaten. Yeah, I know what happened. Abusive relationship. It, it was. It was not. It was. It was abusive because, you know, his father was a, 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 a strict. I don't know what you would call him. He, he, he was. He didn't let him do anything. It was only. It was only church. You know. It was a little bit warped. The whole he thing. was completely warped. Yeah. The old man was. But yeah, yeah. I always learned as a kid, honor thy father and thy mother. Yeah. And it doesn't say. I don't care what they do. Honor what the, Bible says. the Bible says that. It doesn't say only if they are, only if she. It doesn't say that. It says honor thy father and thy mother. So I don't care what they do. You won't have to pay for it. If you do what that Bible tells you to. Those people who don't do it. They gotta pay for it. Yeah, it's quite it's quite incredible. I mean, speaking about Marvin, um, how religious he was and how spiritual he was, yet how messed up his life was. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. He, but see, he brought a lot of that on himself. But I mean, what an incredible talent! I mean, the world may never see another talent. Well, I'll say this about him: there was never another person that was as good as, as he was in a studio.
what about the fact that he wouldn't show up a lot? Oh, that's because of the drugs. Yeah. And he would He's be there. He would be there. Yeah. I did the tour, the 77, 78 tour with him. Yeah. And Marvin would not come on stage. Yeah. I had so I took his backup group. Yeah. And I had to sing most of the songs. Yeah. Right? Marvin would sit up there and hold a microphone and act like he was singing. And it was yeah. all me. Bobby, I mean, after that second album, and you know, we were talking to you, you know, the incredible tracks. I've been blessed was a Northern Soul big track. I mean, to this day, people love that track. They um, love. Oh, yeah. I've been blessed. I'm gonna tell you something else. Yeah. They loved out of that out in the country. Yeah. And people wouldn't believe who produced and wrote that song. Yeah. <clears throat> Rick James, but his real name was Rick Matthews. Yeah. So that was early on for him. That was his first. Yeah. I was his first anything. So you recognize his talent? Oh, sure. Yeah. And the kid came to me one day. He said, man, I need a break. Yeah. I said, okay, what you got? Yeah. So I got this one song, man. Will you try it for me? I said, cool. Yeah. And the rest of history after I did that for him. Yeah, yeah. As I watched the golden sun creep down the mountainside, I turned my face to the wind to blow away these tears I cried. Walking down the path, I kicked a stone to some pain thinking back to days when love was just like sunshine instead of rain but i can't help but wonder just how you feel since you've been gone is that a happy smile you're wearing or pretense cost you Deep breath of fresh air And it seems just like old time 
Yeah, well, <laughs> so that was uh, the Bobby uh, Taylor interview, Mark, um, from, I guess, about 2006, but very thankful to, to have got that interview with him. He's now in 78 and in Hong Kong, so lots of love to him out there, but much more difficult, just like with Mike, to get an interview now. <laughs> you really drew him out. That was wonderful, David. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, um, drew him out in terms of got him to say some things, you think? Or? Yes, and, and to open up about his experiences. I mean, lots of wonderful stories that I don't think are normally uh, talked about. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's neat how uh, Rick James came to him with his first song. And then in another part of the interview I didn't play, uh, he talks about how he had a hand in writing ABC and I Want You Back, you know, which I've um, since then, I've got some confirmation from other sources about that being true. So, you know, it, it's pretty heavy uh, to be the songwriter of two of the biggest soul pop, uh, whatever you want to call them, songs of all time. It's been sampled so much in hip hop. I mean, just imagine how he must feel about the royalties he's lost and things like that. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, so many artists, um, such a tough music business in so many ways. And uh, the same with Jason Hoover, who we'll hear from a little bit later from a couple of interview segments. Um, the same story with him, how he got ripped off. But uh, very sad. But, you know, I feel very thankful that these artists have opened up to me and I've been able to at least give them some kind of exposure um, for the injustices. It's great that you were there. I mean, what a wonderful legacy that is to hear him in his own words and you know, tell that story. Absolutely. Is more than to break. 
I'll show you the way to find the love you've been looking for day after day. Well, it's right here in front of your eyes. All you got to do is wake up and realize every little bit thing that I do. I don't you know, baby, says I'm more in love, love with you. Celebrating the Canadian tonight. And that's a singer out of Toronto in the 70s, obscure sought after album. Albert Jones is his name on the Candy Apple label. Mark, ever heard of that one? No, I haven't. That's uh, fresh for me. Yeah, no, it's uh, phenomenally um, good. There's, there's some great tracks on that, and it took me a while to get that one, but um, it's always great to have Canadian content of that kind of quality. Totally. Yeah, that's what it's all about. But yeah, a little bit later, Mark's getting ready um, some of his Motown stuff. Uh, we're definitely going to get in a Marvelettes Northern Soul kind of a little set. Possibly the Velvelettes. You bet. They're on Motown too. Yeah, we've got some smoking tracks. We're going to build towards that. Um, but next, Jason Hoover, a gentleman I had on uh, last December, earlier last year also, but incredibly overlooked artist, just like Bobby Taylor. In fact, as it says uh, in this interview segment that we're about to play, he talks about how he was coming out with these great soul and psych rock classic tracks in the early 70s 
Japanese. He, he formed this other band called Trials of Jason Hoover for a little while. Turns out that uh, Warner Brothers were behind the local affiliate label, and they were taking it and selling it off in Italy and other places. So the stuff was actually coming out to the point where Led Zeppelin actually heard his stuff on pirate radio even before they came here, and he actually opened up for them. Um, but it was amazing just how unfairly he was ripped off. Here is the story coming up next, a couple of segments from my interviews with incredible local artist Jason Hoover, incredible talents. He His first single was King Size, and uh, we're going to hear that. That, that. That's a great track in the kind of more stacked soul tradition than the Motown, because as Jason says, he didn't want to sound too much like Bobby Taylor in the Motown, so we went for more of a stacks kind of an angle, but this is all folks some um, local soul music made right here in vancouver a little bit later we're going to hear from local poets um who was in the uh first black canadian book of poetry ever put together that's uh, an artist named shaban barker and the book's called the great black north and we're going to hear one of her pieces a little bit later on of course she was on uh, international women's day last year uh, she will be on black history month coming up this year is my plan anyway jason hoover let's get back to him this is a little bit about the local soul legend and this is a little bit about his story well, let's listen to uh, Turn Back the Hands of Time next. And this is Live at the Grooveyard, and this is Jason Hoover and the Epics. And you're listening to CITR 101.9 FM, African Rhythms Radio. live at the Grooveyard here in Vancouver back in 1967 and you know what's coming up next will be your first single on New Syndrome Records which was a local label uh, tell me a little bit about New Syndrome it, how did that all come about or who, who owned just, that label just hold on now you're saying it was a local label it was a New Syndrome was a local label but it was 
financed by Warner Brothers. Oh, I see. It was it had a major label back. A major label. Warner yeah. Brothers wanted us to sign us, but these people wouldn't let them. We didn't know this till it was all over. But Warner Brothers wanted us to sign a contract and just do uh, Warner Brother tunes. So, but the people that were handling the people that we didn't, we were naive. The people that knew what was going on wanted to keep us, and they gave us studio time and told us to give us a studio. Said, look. After midnight, you guys do anything you want to. Don't even talk to about. We don't care about the money. Just produce, write, record. Yeah, do, do it. Okay. So I this see. is our first attempt. And Jack Hershen and I went over to the studio. I forget the name of the studio, and we mixed this after we had played it. We went to Aragon Studios and tried it with Les Vote. It didn't work. It didn't come out. But uh, two weeks later, we had it down after rehearsing the tune because we knew we had something there. Yeah, no, this is a great song, and it's got a really, it's got a really Atlantic Stacks Wilson Pickett kind of groove. That's band. where we were aiming. You know, yeah. Bobby was 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 was. Uh, Motown, we wanted to be stacks, you know, we wanted to be there. Wow, well, let's check it out. This is the debut single from uh, Jason Hoover. It's called King Size. Yes, 1969. <laughs> When the sun goes down 
Well, king size, I mean, that seems to me like, I mean, it was enough of a hit and it was good enough that that should have warranted an album at that point. You know? That's right. But yeah. then again, see, the fight was Warner Brothers wanted to do the album thing. Mm. They so kept, you have to sign away they, your rights. That's basically. right. They yeah. kept them on, on, on the edge of, you know, and kept them away from what they wanted to do. See, the, if we went with them, they lost what their already their plans were. Their plans were to go over. This is, we didn't know this at the time. Mm. Was to go over to Europe and uh, and sell the actual recording to other record companies. Right. Yeah. The actual recording. Though. Yeah. So they said, "Oh yeah, well, well we own it in Canada. Enough. You own it in Switzerland. You own it in France. Yeah. You own it in Belgium. You own it in Switzerland and yeah. you, and England." Okay. The corrupt music business, basically. It yeah. was heavy, but we knew nothing about the politics of it. Tell me about this next track, "Rhythm Is the Way." Okay, now "Rhythm Is the Way" is a song I wrote with Jimmy. We we had fun in our bus at the trials. We, we had lots of time. We had a table. We played cards on. We had beds. <laughs> we were set up. We were set up, and uh, we enjoyed. But we we did a lot of creating there. We 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 did a lot of creating. People, I was going to play that one next, uh, but oh, I, uh, just for a moment, we should talk about uh, you know this place out in New West. Uh, the Epics, uh, Jason Duver, the Epics originally played um, at uh, the Hollywood Hollywood Bowl. Hollywood Bowl, and then it became the Groovyard. But it had the the bouncy dance floor, just like the Commodore Ballroom. Oh yeah, and it was a little bit smaller than the Commodore, but it was lined up and it was packed. Yeah. And during the days of Jason Hoover and the Epics and the Night Train uh, review and uh, Carl Graves and Solo Limit with the Rabel Brothers, we were Those guaranteed, were the days were guaranteed sellouts, man. Yeah, well, I mean, this yeah. one's from a little bit later, and it's um, almost getting a little bit uh, funky and a little bit rock in cool kind of ways, but we are all people. What a track. Thank you, man. I wrote that one. Thanks. <laughs>
talking live in Vancouver <laughs> back in 67 68 funky Broadway Jason Hoover check this out Mark live on TV like live on the CBC he made enough money from the CBC you saying on this interview Jason Hoover he was able to buy his house okay like those were the days <laughs> oh, amazing yeah no it is it's really amazing um, that uh, there was such quality going on then you know like Vancouver was a pretty hotbed for talents what happened and the CBC was right there to record it. It was, uh, you know, that, that was amazing in itself. Well, I mean, Jason got to host the show that week. He was the host of the show, of a TV show, Let's Go. And he guested on other weeks, and they played a lot of local soul talents. Amazing. Those are the days. I remember some of the shows from Toronto as well. Because you were in Toronto around that time? Well, I lived in Ottawa, so I used to uh, rush home after school because it was uh, in the, uh, right after 4. Did Let's Go get played out there? Yes. Wow. So it was a national show. Jason Hoover got to host amazing stuff. And uh, yeah, the, the We Are All People, that's another one of his uh, 45s, a little bit more sort of raw and hard edge, shall we say, just like, uh, I guess, Kingside. Well, Kingside's a little bit smoother and groovier. I love that cut. Yeah, that's an incredible cut. Definitely. You're listening to the 20th anniversary show. I'm David Love Jones. That's Mark. Uh, he's a longtime listener, musicologist of the music. So we're going to get into that a little bit. We're going to go a little bit Latin for a sec, because as you know, Mark, uh, on African rhythms, we like to mix it up. Jazz, soul, and Latin, not just keep it all uh, soul all the time. So we'll go to that next. Hanging around the black and pool. I was 
the pearl is happier as it does it in the heart. Up top, the people try to put me down. It's gonna be my time with a brand new sound. Joe Baton, New York Latin soul, but conscious with a real message, Mark. Yes, and you know, David, I really appreciate your uh, playing jazz and kind of this Latin-inspired Latin. music, because for myself, and uh, speaking for other uh, listeners over the decades, this has really expanded our vo- musical uh, you know, interest. Thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, when I delve into the jazz or the Latin or whatever, I just try to do it in uh, the way I'm feeling and try to put a little bit of a different spin on, say, when I'm playing jazz or even Latin. But yeah, I mean, definitely uh, Joe Baton um, is one of my heroes. I don't know if you've heard this, Mark, but a great version of Cowboys to Girls. Why don't we check this out next?
that's a great talent, uh, Ledamabulu from Africa. So, in fact, at a certain moment tonight, we're going to do a short little Nelson Mandela tribute, which I think is appropriate. But great uh, singer in the, more in the jazz field there, Mark. I really enjoyed that cut. Yeah, no, it's a really sought after and well-known track internationally. So we'll send a big out, big up to uh, some of our international listeners. Miguel, um, he's over in uh, Northern Europe. We've got listeners South Africa and over in Asia, yeah, we've got uh, we've we've uh, made a lot of friends uh, here um, on African rhythms over the years. So I'm really thankful to um, all of you out there for your support, bringing the music. You know, it's been a long journey, Mark. <laughs> it has been. It's hard to believe twenty years. Yeah, I know that's a <laughs> really long time. But you know, one of the most amazing moments that I'm really thankful for was getting to know a little bit Rochelle Farrell when I first had my first laptop computer. I got on her website and uh, we had a few talks with her and some of her other family-related scene. We called each other family. (laughs) She did phone in to a show. It was about 10 years ago now. I just barely saved the interview and my cassette ran out. So yeah, it must have even been about 12 years ago, uh, back in the cassette era. But uh, I didn't uh, manage to record all that. But I had one friend, thank God, to Gary Barkley out there who recorded the rest of the interview. Why don't we go to that now? Of course, you're listening to African Rhythms. We're up here on CITR 101.9 FM. UBC Radio, CITR.ca. You can tune in and podcast there. But here is calling in from New Mexico, Rochelle Farrell. I get a lot of love from the folks who know about me, but you know, in the industry and in the world in general, there's a lot of, even in this country, in, in the States here, a lot of people that when you mention a name, it's either, oh my God, or Rochelle who? From what I can see, you're happy regardless, and, and that's what's important. You know. Yeah, that was the biggest lesson, not postponing my happiness or my satisfaction for, for any outside reason. Because we, we all tend to fall into the thing of, oh, I'll be happy when this happens, or if I could just get, this, this, get to this place in my life, then I'll be satisfied. But when that doesn't happen, you got to kind of rearrange those blueprints. Individuality was... Uh, really showed that progress and I think I'd like to say I you know I think it was your most personal statement yeah you know? yeah that was my breakthrough my personal breakthrough piece because it was that whole 10 years or the eight years that I was in litigation fighting for my creative autonomy and the ability to do what I wanted to do the way I wanted to do it that I began to realize okay it, this business can really co-opt you yeah. And if that's not what you want to do, you got to stand firm. Yeah, well, you did. And um, I'm not sure, you know, in terms of your recording career, like when I think about it, I think Rachelle's the kind of person, sooner or later, I could see her recording maybe on her own label, this type of thing. I don't want to make any predictions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, you know what I'm saying. I do. Yeah. I'm you know. with it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's what we were speaking about off, off the air a little moment ago about not choosing, consciously choosing not to lose one's innocence or give up one's innocence. Yeah, you know, we were talking about in the break, um, you know, about how important that was um, for both of us mm-hmm. um, t- to retain that and just 
even in a philosophy and beauty in the way of looking at life. And, yeah. uh, you know, it works for you, it works no for me. Yeah, you know. And like I told you, also on the break, I gave up my gullibility and naivety a while back, but not my... <laughs> <laughs> Seems to come out 